What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the From Downtown Podcast. I'm your host, Dahani Joseph, and today we're back, man. Um, it's been a while. Last week we had the episode, the pod episode with Austin Barrick. Just talking about the NBA, our biggest surprises, and consequently the biggest disappointments as well. But it's been a while outside of that since I've done episodes. I just want to apologize generally just for not being as consistent as I would have liked to be. Honestly, just in terms of schoolwork, getting a bit hectic, projects, um, Thanksgiving, you know, just being on break, just kind of taking that time to just relax, being at home with family and doing stuff. I took time off from the podcast and, you know, I love doing the podcast. It's great. We're nearing 50 episodes, which is dope. I'm hyped for that. 50 episodes is crazy, but, you know, just keep grinding, keep working. That's what I'm trying to do. I wanted to take this time now before we get into what we're doing for this episode. Just talk about scheduling, right? The the semester's coming to an end shortly, so I'll have more free time. There's a project that I'm two two projects I'm working on related to the project to the podcast. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited to get started with those. That'll get started around December, early to mid December. I'm done with school next week, which is the beginning of December. So Excited about that. Excited about getting more free time. But just for continuity's sake, because once school starts back up in January, once the next semester rolls around, I'm going to be pretty busy. I'll be back on campus at Syracuse. I'll be doing classes. I'll have class, obviously, but, you know, um, the TV station, the radio station, the newspaper, I'll be doing all of that plus my responsibilities as the president of the National Association of Black Journalists on campus. And, you know, just living, right? I still want to go play basketball every once in a while, work out, hang out with friends, do what I do. So I definitely want to keep this podcast going, but I want to make consistent. I don't want to have lapses like I had um, for the past few weeks where I'm supposed to be doing it daily and it didn't get done every day. So for right now, we're looking at two to three episodes per week. I'm going to start off the week with power rankings like I'm doing today. This will be on Mondays though, instead of Tuesdays. I will guarantee you that from now on, Mondays will be power rankings every week. And then ideally Wednesdays and Fridays, although I might change. But at least two to three times a week, we're getting episodes out. Most likely it will be Wednesdays and Fridays or Tuesdays and Thursdays, depending on just how I'm feeling, how the week is going. And those other days will be reserved for whatever I want to talk about. It might not be the game recaps. If there's a specific game that's like, okay, I got to talk about this, then I will. But I won't be going through every single game. If there's a big moment, if there's someone who drops like 60 points, I'll be addressing that for sure. But doing the game recaps, you know, it's kind of redundant. I feel like, of course, you're getting my take and who wouldn't want to hear from me, right? But just getting that information you can do that on your own i'm thinking now more than ever it's like okay let me give you something that you wouldn't be able to get from somewhere some somewhere else from someone else getting my perspective on these events these happenings in the nba i want to be able to give you my authentic real reactions raw reactions to whatever's going on so i don't want to you know just kind of give you back to back to back every single day give it some time to breathe Give me some time to really 
get out quality content instead of just sort of cramming it all, trying to get it all done within the five days of the week, plus Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what that's the schedule. That's what I'm going to be abiding by for the foreseeable future. Of course, I have a break now. So I'll be a little bit more lenient. So sometimes, you know, if I'm feeling like it, it can be more than two or three episodes a week. If I got time, if I'm feeling like it, if something drastic happens, I'm more than willing to do that, especially now that I'm going to have a month off of school. I have a lot of time. So who knows what will happen with that. But I just wanted to get on here real quick before we start the episode just to break it down. A little, little update for y'all as you guys know where I'm at. But now that we got that out the way, let's talk about some NBA basketball. Today, we are talking about the NBA power rankings. It's been a while since I did this. Obviously, the NBA, ESPN, all of those guys gives their power rankings. But I'm here to tell you about my power rankings. My opinions on the top five NBA teams so far throughout week seven this is. So yeah, we're here. We're back. I told you guys why I was gone, and now, without any further ado, let's get straight into things. For our fifth spot in our power rankings, top five. Remember that, guys. Top five power rankings. Number five is the Denver Nuggets. For Denver, they are currently 13 and 7 on the year. They are a team led, obviously, by the two time reigning MVP, Nikola Jokic. He has his crew back with Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. there chipping in as well. And when you just look at the roster overall, it's a very deep roster. One of the deeper rosters in the NBA, just in terms of guys you can play in playoff minutes, legitimate playoff minute guys that you know, all right, if I give you the ball, you're going to produce in the postseason. And not a lot of teams can legitimately say they have those type of guys. And when you look at the roster, seven players in double figures, which leads to the next point of them being a top 10 offense in the league, obviously all centered around the 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 point center himself, Nikola Jokic, 23 points by him, nearly 10 rebounds, 9 assists a night. He's their entire offense, despite him only playing 32 minutes a game instead of what you would think, considering he's basically their whole offense near 40. You know, having Jamal Murray as a secondary ball handler, he averages 17-5 and five a night. Michael Porter Jr., 16-6 six boards. And then going down, yeah, Aaron Gordon with 16 points. Bones Highland, 15 points for him. The improvements from last year, we saw him burst onto the scene as a flashy guard, a guy with the crossover with the handle, Reginald Crawford-like in terms of his build and his ability to score. You're like, okay, this dude might be something. Now back with Denver, 
being able to score at all levels and efficiently, I might add. Outside of that, you have Contavious Caldwell-Pope, former Laker, and then Bruce Brown, the former Net, both averaging 11 points per contest. And then Jeff Green, the sad veteran that he is, 8 points. But again, 7 players in double figures, that is impressive. That means that nearly every time someone is out there on the floor, especially once playoff time comes around, rotations get shorter, less players start to begin to lose minutes. You're going to have probably seven, the top eight guys at most playing. So when almost anybody on the floor is liable to give you double figures, that's dangerous, man. That's dangerous. It's going to be a team that nobody really wants to face in the playoffs when you talk about having to defend for 48 minutes. And mind you, we all understand what Jamal Murray is come postseason time. He's still getting his legs under him from the injury. Y'all understand that. But we're not going to sit here and forget bubble, uh, bubble Jamal Murray and what he did during that stretch. That was impressive for the guard out of Kentucky. You got you to gotta sit here and think, okay, if he can give you anywhere near that type of performance, give you the, the 30s, the 40s, the 50s that he was giving you with the supporting cast that he has now, Nikola Jokic in his prime, Jokic was still great then, but he wasn't MVP. He he didn't have he didn't have the surrounding cast. The Nuggets arguably are the second best team. Some can argue the first best team. I'm not giving that to them, and I'll explain that later on. But for Denver, they're a team top ten offense, like I mentioned before. Defensively, they're gonna have to step up in order to get into that top echelon of contenders. They're still a contender, but Realistically, I don't see them coming out the West. They're a right in the middle, number 15, middle of the pack defensive team. Will that get it done in the playoffs with a top 10 offense? First round, yes. Second round, even so, maybe. But conference finals, I just don't see it. I don't don't think with the defensive roster, defensive construction that this team has. That's not going to get it done come postseason time. But a team that has all the defensive potential and some offense to boot are the Cleveland Cavaliers. Cleveland is number four on my power rankings list. The Cleveland Cavaliers currently 13-8, and eight, won five out of seven after losing five straight, which quite frankly was shocking to me when you talk about them initially going on that huge win streak right out the gates. Donovan Mitchell leading the charge with Darius Garland out. Then you see them lose fast rate. It's like, okay, are, are these guys legit? Are these guys a real team in the Eastern Conference? Or they just, did they just have a hot start? Me, personally, I didn't waver from my opinion that these Cleveland Cavaliers were going to be a great team. Just looking at the team that has so much talent, they have potentially four all-stars on their roster. That's something that hasn't happened since... It's been a while. I, I want to say either, either that Golden State iteration... With KD, Steph, Clay, or Dre. If not, besides that, I'm pretty sure they all made it. Yeah, they all what? No, they all made it. The way they were winning, definitely. But even before that, you got like the Atlanta Hawks 2015. Then you got to go back whenever to see that happen. But to have four All-Stars, you got to be a top team in your conference, in the league. And Cleveland is on that point. Top three defense 
in the NBA, holding opponents to 107 points per game. That's impressive. When you talk about offense, they slipped a little bit. Now they're number 14. But still, top half offense, top three defense. The offense, we've seen it at a high clip. We've seen them be a top three offense as well when everything's clicking, when Donovan Mitchell's hitting his stride, Darius Garland doing his thing and getting contributions from Allen and Mobley, Teddy Osmond. The list goes on and on. For this Cleveland Cavalier team, I really think the only thing that's stopping them are themselves, quite frankly. I mean, when you look at this team, their roster in particular, like I mentioned, you have Allen and Mobley, the defensive super tandem in the paint. That's why their defense is so good. And then you have Garland, you have Mitchell, you have Karis LeVert as well, you have veteran Kevin Love. Isaac Okoro, Ricky Rubio is going to come back from injury, Dean Wade. like They have legitimate players on this roster who can defend at a high level, who can shoot the three ball at an exceptionally high clip when given the, given the opportunity to. Darius Garland one of the best playmakers in the league. We need to talk about young point guards and even shoot point guards in general, averaging eight assists per game. Darius Garland, one of the best facilitators and also a point guard, one of my Personal favorite point guards. Personal favorite players in general in the NBA. Cleveland's legit. They're number four in the power rankings for me. Number three, going out west, the Phoenix Suns. The best team in the Western Conference, in my opinion. For Phoenix, 14-6. and six, Won six out of seven and five straight after last night's win against the Sacramento Kings. Top ten offense. Top 10 defense, okay, so now we're in the territory of like, okay, are you a real contender now? Are you a top 10 offense, top 10 defense? Phoenix, number 10 offense, number 6 in defense. That's usually the mark for when you talk about championship contenders. If you're in the top 10 of both, you got a really good shot of making it all the way. And Phoenix has that. Not only does Phoenix have a top 10 offense and a top 10 defense, Phoenix also has an MVP candidate in Devin Booker. Now, I understand the polls have came out. Look at NBA.com, look at ESPN, whatever it may be. Devin Booker is not in the top five. He's in the top ten. And, you know, it, it's tough for me, right? My MVP cr- criterion is a little bit different. Obviously, when you have players like... Jason Tatum is my, my MVP. I've said this for so long. I think it's backed up now even more, not just because I'm a Celtics fan, not just because I'm a Jason Tatum fan, but because the Celtics are by far the best team in the NBA, best offense in the NBA. Once Robert Williams gets back, he will be a catalyst to make them a top 10 defense. So when you have number one offense, top 10 defense, are you serious? They're going to be the favorites to win the championship. And when you have Jason Tatum, when we have a team that could potentially win near 60 games. And yes, sir, Milwaukee's going to be there too, so you can't count out Giannis. I think it's going to be Tatum, then then Giannis. And then, you know, people are going to say, Luka, I understand the points are crazy right now. The, everything is crazy. Averaging nearly a triple-double. And, you know, he's one of the best players in the NBA, the entire league. Been so for a few years now. But, you know, when you're 9 and 10, winning matters for me. 
in the MVP conversation. It really does. Unless you're doing something like super historic, like Russell Westbrook did. You know, Nikola Jokic did too. And I'm sure like history will favor Luka Doncic and what he's doing this year. But at the same time, man, don't take away from the players that are great and their teams are winning. That's something I can't do. If I were MVP voter, I'm taking into account the teams that are winning. I'm taking account into account the players on those teams. And like, yeah, Steph Curry, he was he's been doing crazy things, averaging over thirty points per game. The team is slowly coming back up to relevancy after a sluggish start to the season. But again, Jason Tatum has to be number one there. Um, Giannis two, Luka three, but somewhere in the top five, you got to have Devin Booker. I mean, Devin Booker on the year. Let's break down the numbers. 28 points per game, five rebounds, six assists, a steal a game, half a block. These are MVP numbers any given year. And yeah, sure, the point total is looking kind of high this year. We have people like Shake Lewis Alexander averaging 30. I think it was like seven or so people averaging 30 points per game at one point this season, which is absurd. That's a testament to how the game has been officiated, how the game is played now, how offense is at a premium. But that can't take away from what Devin Booker is doing. He's getting buckets as... The best player on a Phoenix team who is the number one seed in the Western Conference. The team that I have picked to come out of the Western Conference to represent the, the conference in the NBA Finals. Without Chris Paul for a lot of this time, although Chris Paul isn't necessarily himself anymore. You know, he's old. Keep it a buck. He can still give you the assists. The points aren't really coming. The second best player now is DeAndre Ayton, who still is solid. 16-10. That's solid, but you don't have another 20-point-per-game score. Devin Booker is the MVP of this team, and if the Suns continue, which I think they will, to to dominate, be the best team in the West, I suspect a win streak to go on to maybe 9 or 10 because this team is legitimate. They have talent. They have one of the best players in the league. I just think it's up to their record to determine where and when Devin Booker will enter that top five MVP conversation. Because he has all the talent in the world. I just don't think people view him as that top caliber type of dude. And I remember looking back at my superstar criteria for how to be a superstar in the NBA. He he was right on the precipice when I did it before. And by the end of this season, I'll probably redo my list. I'll need to make a note of that to redo my superstar list to see who's in that. But I think Devin Booker is going to make it just because what he's doing, leading this squad. There's only so many players that are going to be better than him. Legitimately. And of course, people will say, like, okay, size matters in the league, which it does. Uh, I'm not going to take anything away from guys like Jokic. It's not going to take anything away from guys like Ayans Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid. So it's going to be tough in that aspect. But even still, man, winning matters. I'm going to take that into account when I talk about who's a superstar in this league. Speaking of superstars, speaking of one of the best players in the NBA today, the best player, in my opinion, in the NBA, Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks. They are second in my power rankings. Milwaukee, 14-5, second best ranking in the league. 
one of the most complete rosters in the entire league. When you talk about Giannis, talking about Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez, Portis, Allen, Javon Carter, George Hill, Pat Connaughton, Serge Ibaka, Wes Matthews. I mean, these are veteran guys. These are players that have playoff experience, have championship experience in some cases. This is without Chris Middleton after 14-5, and five, you think, with Chris Middleton, with a dude that's an all-star, one of the best number twos in the league. People underrate him severely, and I am not one of those people. I love Chris Middleton. Keegan Murray's the next Chris Middleton, but that's another story for another day. He's just a consummate second guy that you want on your roster to be a scorer, to be at times a facilitator, knockdown shooter. That's Chris Middleton in a nutshell, and I believe with him on the floor, Milwaukee could potentially be the best team in the league, top to bottom. Now, of course, Boston's going to have something to say about that, and Phoenix, too, going to have something to say about that. But for right now, Milwaukee may have the best team in the league, and Giannis, best player in the world, I think that's certain at this point. Although Jason Tatum has been amazing. You have other people like Kevin Durant. Of course, LeBron James still in there. The list goes on and on. But Giannis is the best player in the world. 31 points per game. 11 rebounds. 6 assists. A seal. A block. You can't ask for more than that. I'm talking about elite defense. Elite offense, he's one of the most unstoppable players in the game today. You're talking about a guy that Shaq-like numbers in the paint, going to the paint with reckless abandon. He's either dunking it on you, doing a little spin layup, or getting fouled. One of three options, pick your poison. He's adding the jump shot as well, a pull-up jump shot. His handle has improved, the three-pointer, he'll airball some, but also he'll hit some as well. You live with that as Mike Budenholzer because you know if he's hitting threes, the game's over. It's unstoppable. He is unstoppable. Most unstoppable force in modern NBA history outside of maybe Kevin Durant and James Harden when he was at his peak. That's that's what we're talking about here. He is that awesome of a talent. And then again, his supporting cast, Drew Holiday. 18 night, 7 assists, 5 boards, a steal and a half a game. I don't want to say he's underrated at this point, but man, one of the best guards in the game. He's not going to get an all-star nod, but one of the best players to not get an all-star appearance in recent memory. That's Drew Holiday for you. Brooke Lopez, I told you guys before, he's one of the best big men, the best non-star big man. He damn near is a star. He doesn't get the recognition of a star. 16 and 6. Great shooting from deep. Great rim protection. Three blocks a night. He's just a force all into himself. Bobby Portis, 14 and 10. But I'm not going to go through the list. You guys know the names. But Milwaukee Bucks, they're a team to be reckoned with. Boston-Milwaukee Conference Finals, it's looking like it. I'll be surprised if that isn't the case. But we still have one team left. And that is the Boston Celtics. Boston, 17-4 and four on the year. They have won 
13 out of their last 14 games. The number one offense and number one in point differential. Now, for this Boston Celtics squad, the MVP front runner, in my opinion, Jason Tatum, offensively on another level. 31 points, giving you five assists. He's making plays, near eight rebounds a game, a block, a steal a game. Great shooting, elite defense, arguably one of the best two-way players in the game, top three two-way players. You have Giannis there, and then maybe you'll put Joel Embiid there. Maybe you'll say a, a Kawhi Winhouse, maybe KD, whoever it is. Tatum's in the top three. Maybe top two. You have Jalen Brown averaging 26. Uh, people aren't talking about Jalen Brown enough. Jason Tatum, obviously the MVP of the team. But Jalen Brown is right there. 26 points a night, 6 rebounds, 4 assists. You talk about a guy that just gets it done, puts his hard hat on, goes to work every night. When your two players are damn near averaging 60 points combined, your offense is a monster to stop. And teams haven't been able to stop them. That's why they have the best record in the game. Won 13 out of 14, 17-4 record. It's funny, the only two losses that Boston has suffered this year were from Chicago two times and Cleveland two times in overtime. There's a world where Boston hasn't lost a game. I know that's kind of crazy to say, but realistically, all four of those games were very winnable. And I think if they had Robert Williams back in those games to add to their defense, it probably would be a top 10 defense with Rob Williams. This team could be 21 No. Again, people might think I'm crazy, whatever. I'm a Celtics fan. Shut up. <laughs> no, I'm not hearing it. Because this team is that special. I said it preseason. I said it when I gave my prediction. This team is going to be a 60-plus win team. Jason Tatum is going to win the MVP. And the Celtics are going to win the championship, barring catastrophic injury. Rob Williams got injured. Danilo got injured. Let's hope there's no more injuries. Malcolm Brogdon has been injury prone, but so far he has been good. Let's hope that continues. JB, stay healthy. Jason Tatum, stay healthy. Marcus Smart. This team is locked and loaded to win the championship. Outside of the Jays, you have Malcolm Brogdon off the bench, 14 points, solid. Smart, 12 points, 8 assists, a steal, solid. Al Horford, 11-6, solid. 11 points for Derek White, 9 for Grant Williams. <clears throat> this team just gets contributions from so many avenues. So much three-point shooting especially. You got to realize that this team is potentially the best team in the NBA. I know I said Milwaukee top to bottom, but I think just the offensive firepower right now will surpass that. Plus them getting... Rob Williams back to help alleviate a lot of that defensive lack, I guess, for lack of a better term, the defensive shortcomings that they've had so far this year. He's going to improve that. I think right now, Milwaukee, Boston, it's going to be a, it's going to be that one-two unless Phoenix just goes on a crazy run. One, two, three. I think that's going to be the, 
the list for the foreseeable future unless Cleveland comes back, gets their offense back in a year. Then I'll, they could be in that mix. But I think one, two, three is pretty solidified at this point in time. Four fives up in the air. Denver got in. Who knows, maybe. Sacramento continue going on their run. They enter the top five. But for right now, my NBA power rankings for this week, week seven, going back fast. Number five, Denver Nuggets. Number four, Cleveland Cavaliers. Number three, the Phoenix Suns. Number two, Milwaukee Bucks. And number one, the Boston Celtics. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the From Downtown Podcast. It feels good to get back to a regular schedule. Getting back to the power rankings, that always signifies, all right, the week has begun. We're ready to get going, get in the gear. I had a good time talking about the top five teams in the NBA this week. Please make sure to like, rate, five stars so we can move up the algorithm so more people can find us, more people can tune in. We're getting ready to grow. We're getting ready to expand. I'm telling you, the projects that I have going for December is going to be big. Going to get us a lot of new followers, hopefully. And more importantly, it's going to be fun. (laughs) It's going to be fun talking about sports, the NBA season. I'm hyped for the Christmas game matchups. That whole slate is going to be lit. I'm excited for that. Always watch them. Probably like the 8 p.m. slate. Sometimes I'll watch. It's always Denver. The last slate, it's always Denver. I don't know why. It's always like Denver, Phoenix, Denver, uh, who else? The, the Mountain teams, Denver, Utah. I feel like that's been on for a minute. But, you know, we're going to get a chance to watch all of them. I might give back to the NBA recap for that specific day for sure. This is a whole slate of basketball that I'll be tuned into for the entire day, damn near. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. I'm happy to be back. We're going to keep it going, keep it rolling. Until next time, y'all, take care.